0: Hey everyone, back again. Today I'm going to talk about Friedrich Nietzsche's notion of the will to power, but before jumping into that, if you want to follow me anywhere than here, you can find me on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy, or on Twitter at David Guineau. If you're new here, welcome, I'm David. I try to explain philosophical texts and ideas in a way to make them accessible to you, so if you're new, like, share, subscribe to all your friends. I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it, or maybe they won't, but whatever, you can try. If you want to help me out do all of those things uh, like share subscribe tell your friends you can help me out monetarily via patreon or paypal but obviously no pressure if you found this on youtube you're going to be able to find this pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts so there shouldn't be any ads which is obviously good or if you found this in podcast form you're going to be able to find the video on youtube if you're into that at all so yeah let's jump into nietzsche's concept of the will to power now he really builds upon this and beyond good and evil but we can see traces of it in text that come beforehand like the genealogy of morality both of which I've covered in great detail on this channel, so you can go and find episodes on both of those. Now, in Beyond Good and Evil, Nietzsche first discusses what he calls the will to truth. And the will to truth is something that has plagued dogmatists and other philosophers who have sought this thing, this very nebulous thing called truth. They've set truth to be their end goal, and they've done everything in their power to attain it. Now, this truth has assumed different forms for different philosophers, for dogmatist it might be relating to something like god for kant someone that he takes aim at it's looking at the possibility of this thing in itself which in a sense points to god as well and many of these thinkers that nietzsche takes aim at set truth as being the driving force of all human activity humans are concerned primarily with the drive for truth they will do everything that they can to attain truth but Nietzsche asks what is this truth what what does this truth look like is it god because it doesn't really have that much of a face then is it the thing in itself we can't actually attain that we can't actually understand that what does that look like how is truth actually characterized in this world when it has been claimed to have been found by some people who would then be refuted it was then attached to certain value judgments where the truth was something that stood in for or served as justification of different ideas about about what was good and evil. It was a way, by and large, to control people. Truth was a thing that was used to justify certain beliefs over others and to transmit those beliefs to massive audiences, be it in the form of Christian dogma or Platonism, which he essentially calls uh, Christianity in Europe and at the time, in the late 19th century, in the 19th century, He just says that it's Platonism for the masses. All of these philosophical movements sought to disseminate the truth that they claim to have found to the masses to make it accessible. And this raises alarm bells for Nietzsche because this truth has hardly been found. But he doesn't completely undermine what these philosophers sought to do. They were searching for something and they were demonstrating something. This something wasn't a will to truth, however, it was what he calls a will to power. A desire not to find truth, but a desire instead to impose one's own will upon the world and upon, in a sense, oneself as well. Now, for all of us, he says, we are guided not by a search for the will to truth, not by a desire for truth, but a desire for power, a desire to realize our utmost desires in the most efficient way possible. Now, when he says this, he doesn't mean that humans form a totalizing whole that speak to certain specific values or desires that each one of us have. Instead, we are comprised of a multiplicity of desires. Now, as a side note here, I think that there is quite a bit of this that resonates with Deleuze and Guattari's notion of desiring machines and their concept of desire more generally. But for Nietzsche, the will to power is something that exists within us And it creates even conflict within ourselves, where we we all have different drives pulling us in different directions. And these drives are combating one another all the time. Now, each one of these drives are exerting their own will to power. So we are at the whims of all of these different desires, all of these different powers, essentially fighting themselves within us. And this is why we're conflicted. No human knows exactly what they want in life. No human knows what they want in any given moment. And so we are always trying to negotiate these different powers, these different drives within us, these different wills. And they culminate finally into, after we have negotiated them, after we have figured out what might best suit us, we then go with the one that uh, best works. Now this opens up a whole new can of worms. That is, certain wills are going to conflict with those of other peoples. So now we have these different drives within us once they have been selected to be the ones that are acted upon ones that come out then those are going to be put into conflict with different peoples drives different peoples wills which is necessarily going to create conflict so nietzsche uses this to bemoan anything pertaining to equality or equal rights because he says humans have a natural propensity for conflict just because not no two people are the exact same two two people Everyone has different drives. Everyone has their own vision of a will to power. And this sets the conditions for Nietzsche's criticisms of democracy and other good developments in human history. But his concerns are valid in that they identify that people have different desires and people have different wants and needs. And this also speaks to the difficulties in reconciling some kind of dialogue between Marxism and, and Nietzsche. There there really isn't all that much to draw upon between them or to find common between them just because one of them is vying for equality on the part of workers by identifying their mutual state as workers. Whereas Nietzsche would say, how can you just clump people into this category of workers, for example? These people are comprised of many different wills, many different desires that are all going to conflict with one another. So it seems incredibly naive to just say, although these people all experience exploitation at the hands of capitalists, it is a far cry to then say that they are all absolutely common and can live in harmony with one another. Nietzsche never thinks this harmony is going to be attained. Humans and animals and plants all exist to realize their own and their own desires. Now, this extends beyond people just vying for survival. We might think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs for any psychology students out there where humans have very basic needs that they must satisfy before doing anything else. The will to power does not correspond to that at all. The will to power is what happens beyond attaining survival. That is, it is what is allowed to us when we go beyond just satisfying our basic instincts and can then exist in a world to satisfy our own desires, our own will to attain meaning, to find meaning, to exist meaningfully in the world. Which also puts him at odds with Darwinian evolutionary dogma that just says that humans, like other animals, are going to be at the whim of their environment, where our environment is totally going to determine how we act and how we behave. Nietzsche thinks that that completely removes intent from the equation. It is a way of saying that humans don't actually have a will, we are just subject to different forces. When he he does acknowledge, of course, that there are forces out there, and they act upon people, and they have certain effects, at the same time, humans have the capacity to say no to those forces, to say yes to their own will, which can then conflict with those forces. And this has certainly been seen over the course of human history, especially the history of the West, that has been a history of Domination, one that has seen barriers and has absolutely demolished those barriers to an unyieldly degree. Now, there are some important qualifications to make here in how this will to power can manifest itself. Now, I'm not going to try to say that or gatekeep what this will to power can look like, but Nietzsche is very clear that this doesn't manifest itself in appeal to the masses or in governmental power, religious power, socio cultural power. In fact, he takes those to be signs of a lack of a will to power, that is a lack of realizing one's own desires, one's own will, and instead those are symbols of one's submission to the mass, which he says is simply the lowest common denominator, people who have been subject to overzealous forces of control, that have sought, instead of actually attaining their own will or striving toward their own meaning, have sought only to oppress others, to put others into certain bubbles so that they could be easily understood, easily manipulated, and essentially make the rulers feel better about their their own incapacity to realize their real will to power, their own meaning. So this is why he criticizes Christianity to such a great extent. It is just a doctrine that submits people to an order that tells them that life sucks. You should just enjoy an awful life And then in the afterlife, you will be rewarded. Nietzsche wants to open up a space where people can actually say yes to life, not to say no to life or to live a life as what he calls uh, as an ascetic priest, someone who lives a very harsh and brutal existence by denying themselves pleasures, denying themselves their own wants with the promise that the afterlife will give them everything they need. He says that these people have completely taken the the blue pill of Christianity and and are completely at odds with this natural human propensity toward this will to power. Now, similarly, it it would be wrong to say that this will to power can manifest itself by accruing money or capital as being a demonstration of one's own will to power. That is only to submit to a certain sociocultural phase or socioeconomic understanding of what power means which doesn't, Nietzsche has no time for that. That is only to submit to a very specific way of acquiring power, one that is quite shallow, really. So the person that actually exists in accordance with their own will to power is someone that is likely going to be alienated, someone that is likely going to live in solitude. They're going to be a person that might not be totally understood by the broader social body just because they exist completely outside of it. They've completely embraced what he calls their own perspectival knowledge. They have not submitted to the knowledge of the herd or the crowd. They have instead sought their own way and found their own meaning that accords with their own will to power, their own desire. And I think that there is a way to foster this and that is to, in, in, to the greatest capacity possible is to remove barriers for people to attain their own or to realize their own will to power. These barriers assume many forms, be they governmental, be they institutional, There are many different barriers that are set up to inhibit people's entrance, people's realization of their own will to power. And this isn't to say that anyone has any innate obligation to do this. Personally, I think they do, but not for Nietzsche. I don't think that there is this innate obligation for people to make others' lives easier, unless it meant that it would realize their own will to power. But personally, I try to imagine a world in which there are fewer and fewer barriers to attaining this will to power. And this doesn't mean to do away entirely with conflict. It is in a sense to actually welcome conflict and to get rid of those barriers that just foreclose conflict altogether and just tell people what they can and cannot do and end the discussion there. Now Nietzsche says that conflict is very necessary to attaining will to will to power to realizing it because it is a way to make this will to power actually grow and flourish when a tree comes into contact with an obstacle in its root system it will find novel ways to circumvent that obstacle which actually makes the tree stronger it makes it a more formidable foe against future obstacles and the same can be said of any human any obstacle that we encounter that we find a way to circumvent is going to make us more proficient at ourselves. It's gonna make us more proficient at handling future obstacles. It makes us grow, it makes us stronger, and it makes us adaptable, which are all traits that encourage and cultivate this will to power. And that's essentially it as far as that kind of short introduction goes. Like I said, I've covered the genealogy of morality, I've covered Beyond Good and Evil, if you wanna go check those out. well, actually. When this comes out, there's still one more episode of Beyond Good and Evil to come out, so that's not out yet, but in a few days that'll be out, and then it'll be all caught up. If you like what I did, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, who knows they might get a kick out of it. Yeah, catch you next time. Take care. Oh, and maybe I should say, I'll say this at the end, for who's ever made this long uh, little update on my life situation, uh, I'm, I'm against this wall again, and if anyone's been around for a while, my earlier videos was against this wall, Just because the other room where I was sitting, the couch is no longer functional, where I would be in front of my bookcase, and the bookcases are gone, and I'm just living uh, slowly, my apartment is fading, kind of like the abyss, it's just disappearing into nothingness, and I am surrounded by fewer and fewer things, I'm living this ascetic life almost, this hermit existence uh, that uh, Nietzsche describes, but anyways, that's my life. Situation right now and yeah, catch you next time. Take care